Well, I too want to wish everyone, every father, a happy Father's Day and every wife a happy Father's Day as well. I'll never forget what Ryan Bay said um, uh, maybe a year ago, uh, something about how much we enjoy those gift cards, iTunes, uh, Starbucks, Panera Bread, uh, bring them on, but we are thankful. I am so thankful myself. I know every father here and everyone um, who is even a grandfather as well. We are so glad. Our reflex, our default setting is that we are glad that we are dads. No matter how our children have turned out, we thank God for them. We love them. Whether uh, you have babies now or you have boys, whether you have girls, whether you have adolescents, whether you have uh, college-age kids, all of you say with me, I know it. We're glad. We're happy to be fathers. And when I look out there, I just saw somebody who was a, who's a first-time dad. And there are others. There are others coming. Uh, Heath Dane's going to be a first-time dad. We, you know, when you when you had your first child, the joy that came to your heart, and how you never had this experience in your life. And all of us will say to all of you, first-time dads, and the dads that are yet to come, tell us all about it. We'll enter into it. We, we want to hear all about it because we know the joy of that. And it is no less for the second or the third or the fourth or the fifth or the sixth. That's how we feel about our kids. And we can tell you who, who do not have a child yet, we want you to have one under the right circumstances. You will never know how much your dad loved you. You will never know it until you have a child of, 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 of your own. I'm not talking down to you. I didn't know it either. You'll never know how much your mom and dad loved you until you have a child in your arms. That's the way it is. But I want to say, secondly, by way of, in, of introduction, that we also understand, we have some idea of our unique position as fathers. Our kids only have one dad. They, and, and I know they only have one mom. But we're going to emphasize dads today and, and know that, that I'm going to be speaking of that team even though we're emphasizing dads. Our kids may have more than one pastor. They may have lots of friends. They may have lots of cars and dogs and houses and, and, and everything else. Only one dad. That's who you are if you are a dad. You're the only dad. And, and we've got to fulfill that role. And, 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 and if you're like I am, I reject, I reject uh, the marginalization that is 
the putting on the periphery of fatherhood that I see so clearly in the, in the times and days in, in which we are living. I will never forget the show, what a great success it was, and, and, and see, my family will testify that, that, that I hardly watch television. I hardly watch it at, at all. But I do remember the Cosby show, Mr. and Mrs. Huxtable. And, and nobody likes this criticism, but who is the head of the Huxtable home? It's mom. And who is the doofus? Who is the funny guy? Who's the clever guy? I know the show was, was like that, and, and, and it was a great success. But for that reason, I never really liked it. Because I see the imagery uh, put forth in a clever and colorful way that dads can be like that. That's a cool dad. And, and, and Mrs. Huxtable, mom, is in charge. It was the same thing. I, 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 I haven't seen movies in, in years. You, you, some of you may not even have seen this movie. But I did see Toy Story. I, 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 I like the animation. But maybe you didn't think of this, but in Toy Story, there is no dad. There is a skirt. There are high heels. There's mommy's legs, but there's no dad. And, and, and that's, the, that's at least partially, if not predominantly, the world that we are living in. We are not counted as important as we are. And now we have households, we've got households that have two moms. And like it's no big deal if you don't have a dad. I'll say this right now, you ask any solo mom in our congregation, do, do they wish for a godly husband, a godly father that will provide and protect and lead them? You're going to get a unanimous yes. But, but because lesbians... Can through insemination, they can have their own kids. Well, um, uh, Jordan Tong uh, put this on his Facebook, and and because this has been going on for such a long time now, there are actually uh, st- statistical data uh, that indicate on on. Under these headings, two moms versus a mom and and a dad, there are significant differences in in who is receiving welfare, who is currently cohabiting, those on public assistance, those who are employed full-time, those that are currently unemployed, those who identify themselves as 100% heterosexual. 90%, 90%, I'll, I'll just give you one of them, 90% of, of, of people between the ages of 18 and 39 that, that had married parents, 90% say that, that, that they are 100% heterosexual. The ones that had lesbian moms between ages 18 and 39, 61%. 39% less say 
that they are completely heterosexual. I don't really care what any of the differences are. Any difference, any statistical difference, even if it's a single digit, it is significant because it's not the number. It's real people that are harmed by dysfunctional two-mom marriages, which are not a marriage at all. What we're going to see then in, in the book of Proverbs is that fathers are key. They, they are, by God's design, to be essential, even though God can compensate under the right circumstances where there isn't a father. I've got five headings that come right out of the book of Proverbs. You may know that there's lots of stuff on this subject on fathers and sons and daughters and all of it. But we've got number one, dad as instructor. Number two, dad as inhibitor. Number three, sad dad. Number four, glad dad. Number five, the best dad. Well, let's begin then. Uh, Proverbs 4 and uh, verses 1 and 2 uh, says simply this. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. These are the words to a son, but they describe to us what we must be doing and who we are. We are the instructors. We are the teachers. This is the area that we need to wise up in always. What do we have to offer? As an instructor, as a teacher, as a wise father, according to the text, we have insight. We want our children, our, our sons and daughters, to gain insight. We want to give them good precepts, things to do, things to keep, things that will contribute to their joy and to their happiness, whether they understand that or not. To obey, to do what God says, leads to joy. It leads to happiness. Don't think it will make you sad. Don't think it will ruin your life. What will ruin your life is going in the other direction. That's where the misery is. That's where the sadness is. Well, what will qualify us, dear brothers, to be a good teacher? Ever so simply and briefly, what will, what will make us to be a good instructor of our kids? What's going to, we have got to be, we have got to be men of the Word of God. We've got to be godly men. We've got to know this book. We've got to read this book. We've got to imbibe this book. This book has to rule us. This book has to be our best companion on paper. We've got to do that. And, and, and I don't say this so that you will think well of me. I thank God for Pastor Ted. When I was a younger Christian and he was working on this Bible reading schedule that, that I have used for in my entire Christian life. 
I have read through the Bible, not because I'm a strong Christian, but because I'm a weak one. And I've got to have this. And I learned from Tim Hoke that you don't have to carry that Bible reading schedule around. You can glue it in your Bible. You can put the New Testament here. And what? And, and, and I'll put the second six months there. It's been one of the greatest blessings of my life. And if you do that, you need to begin to do it. Don't be, I'm inviting you. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm inviting you to the joy and the happiness and the gladness and the usefulness that you will find in that exercise. And it will fuel your prayers. It will make you ready to instruct your children, you'll have verses come to mind. You'll have stories come to mind. If, if you read through Proverbs 12 times a year, read a proverb based on whatever the date is. You can do it 12 times a year. You'd be surprised what Proverbs will come into your mind. J.C. Ryle says, knowledge of the Bible never comes by in, in, intuition. It can only be a, a, obtained by diligent, regular Daily, attentive reading. We, we know that. The second thing that we must be, among many other things, but in our, in our, our uh, limited time, the second thing that we need to be is a good example. We've got to be an example. That song came to my mind uh, from a long, long time ago. It's got nothing to do this is not what the song was for, but it seems to fit so well here. Every breath you take, every move you make, every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be watching you. That's what our kids are doing, whether you know it or not. Every single day, every word you say, every game you play, every night you stay, I'll be watching you. That's what we are, whether we want to be that. It's by sting. Has anybody heard of them? But anyway, I liked it anyway for just one little purpose. But are, are you aware of the fact that your kids are always watching you? They, in a sense, they'll learn from more from what you do than by what you say. And they will not learn from what you say unless you are doing it. So, so let's, let's be glad that God has put these things in, in place for us. Proverbs 1 and verses 8 and 9 says, Hear my son, your father's in, <laughs> instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful garland for your head. And pendants for your neck. This is a team effort, and what we want to give our kids are garlands and pendants for their necks. We want them to be beautiful. We want them uh, to be helpful. We want them to be a pleasure for others. We want them to be a joy even to themselves. We want we want others. In a, in a, a right way to admire the godliness that is in our children and we've got to see to it. So we are, that's a dad. He's a dad who is a teacher. He's an instructor 
and 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 he leads by example. Number two, then, the father as an inhibitor, that is a corrector, one who who rebukes and restrains and redirects. That is is what we must be. Uh, Proverbs three. 11 and 12 says, My son, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. That's the temptation. The temptation in relationship to God is, is, is not to want to be reproved, to be weary of it. But what does the Lord say? Well, the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father the son in whom he delights. Although that first temptation, that first reaction is to hate it, to reject it, to try to get rid of it. For dads, you can anticipate what I'm going to say, but what is it really? What is rebuke? What is correction? What is restraint? What is inhibiting sin? It's love. According to this text, it's love. It's delight. It's an evidence that we love you. That's why we want to correct you. That's why we do that. Because um, the need to be the need to be corrected is is so strong. We want to stop you from hurting yourself, from destroying yourself. We are naturally depraved. I like what John Piper said about that. He said, we need to make plain that total depravity is not just badness, but blindness to the beauty and deadness to the joy that's what total depravity is also. It's not just that you are totally affected in your will and in your mind and in your heart and in, and in your choices by sin. It's that you are blind. You are blind to the joy and, and, and to the life and the pleasure and, and all that comes through Jesus Christ and, and that's, and because we love you, we want to correct you. Hosea 4.17, this shocking verse says, Ephraim is joined to idols. Leave him alone. That's the worst thing you could ever hear. To be left alone with your idols, with all of your preferences that do not include God at all. To be embracing idols and for God to say, Ephraim is joined to them. Leave him alone. Or in Romans chapter 1, where three times God says, where the apostle Paul writes of God, that God gave him over. That God gave him up to lusts, to passions, to a debased mind. Three times to, to be given up. That's a terrible judgment. 
That's not what we fathers want to be. That's not what we're going to be. We are going to get in the way of your sin wherever we can. Because we love you. Because we delight in you. And dads, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's not be passive. I tend to be passive. I tend to let things go and hope it'll get better. I don't want to do that. Let's not do that. Let's get in the way. Let's be a restrainer. Let's be an, an inhibitor. Let's be a redirector of our kids when we see their trajectory and their propensity going in the wrong direction. Let's love them. Let's delight in them and do that. Well, uh, Proverbs 15, 5 says... A fool despises his father's instruction. And the fool is not somebody who's stupid. It is someone who is sinful and does not fear the Lord. But here's the goal. But whoever heeds reproof is prudent. That's what we want to cultivate. Ah, we want our kids to be prudent, well-behaved, an obedient child, a blessing to himself, and a blessing to others. Who is the who? Who are the most miserable children? They are the ones who are self-willed. They are the ones that are ruled by their own preferences. They're the ones that always have to have their way. They are miserable. The selfish child is not a happy child. We've got to correct that. We've got to change that. We've got to show them the joy of generosity. Well, what about the sad dad then? Number three is the sad dad. Proverbs 17.25 says, A foolish son... Is grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. A son or a daughter that does not walk with the Lord Jesus Christ makes for a sad dad, a sad mom too. Not that we cannot be happy. We are happy in so many other things, but when we think of you, as happy as, as we can be for your accomplishments and uh, for your health and well-being, your popularity, your gifts, if you don't have Jesus, we're sad. It's a grief to us. It's, it's, it's grief to the mother who bore him or her. But, but notice then, we can't help that. We can do all we can for our kids. And we're never going to stop praying for them as long as there is breath in us. I'm going to say that if I have consciousness, if I don't, if I don't have consciousness, and, and, but I am thinking and I am functioning and you don't know it, the last breath, the last thing I'm going to tell God is, Save. Save my kids. Save my son. Save my daughter. Save my children. That's, that's all we want. That's what we want. No matter what else you get, 
This is what we want. We don't even want more than that. We want you to know Jesus Christ. We want you to walk with Christ. And that's what makes, for number four, a glad dad. Proverbs twenty three twenty four. The father of the righteous. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son or daughter, a wise child that loves Jesus, will be glad in him. He'll be glad in her. There's no greater joy. I'm telling you, there's no greater joy on the earth for a mother or a father than to know that their children walk in the truth. There's nothing better than that. And we are so happy that at Heritage Baptist Church there are whole families of of believers. We praise God for that. And there is a, a substantial group of us that that have that mixture. And we're glad for the ones that are saved, and we're glad for the ones who sit under the gospel. We're, we're glad for the ones who are close to the kingdom. We're glad for the ones that we still have. We're thankful for your prayers. Be glad if all your kids are saved. Be glad. But, but, but we have that mixture. And we thank you. We thank you for praying for our children. We are praying for each other's children. We can't help it. I can name them all. I pray for them all. Because we all want, we want this joy, this, this, this supreme happiness and rejoicing. Proverbs 23, uh, 25 says, yes, let your father and your mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. You can do that. That's what we want. Don't do it just for us. But do it for us. We like we love to have that. And and uh you can do that. Well lastly then, please. Uh number five. This is what I really want to talk about more than anything else. This is what our songs have been all about this morning. I want to talk about the best dad. Who's the best dad? You know him. He is God. He's God the Father. God the Father himself. He is the perfect teacher. He is the perfect disciplinarian. He is the one who says the Lord disciplines the one he loves. He chastises every son. Every son and daughter that he that, that he receives, we need it. And we're glad for it. And we're helped by it. It may be painful, but it will it will yield the peaceful fruit of righteousness. His love is so great. His love is so great that he loved the world in such a way. That he gave his only begotten son. He gave his son for us. He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever should believe upon him should not perish. But have everlasting life. I tell you there's no father like it. No father like him. 
I, I'm telling you, I would not give my son for any of you. That's the way I am. I would not give my son to die for anybody. I might die for somebody. I'm not going to give my boy. I won't. Would you give your son to die? You're not, no, we're not going to die. But God gave his son. He gave his son to pay for our sins. The most giving, the most generous, the most sacrificial, the most exemplary father is the one who is making us like him. Every good gift that we have received has come down from the Father of lights. We have nothing that we did not receive. You may imagine that you've gotten something on your own. You haven't. It has been given to you by God. Your life, your abilities, your education, your ability to gain, to get a profit, to have fun, to do anything. God has given it. He is the best father. I've got to tell you... uh, Tim Keller says this. Tim Keller says, I really like this. He says, to be forgiven means you can go. You can go. You're not going to be punished. Nothing bad is going to happen to you. You are forgiven. He says, to be justified is far greater than being forgiven. Because justified says, you can come. You can come. You've got a title to heaven. You've got a perfect resume. You've got what Jesus Christ has prepared for you. I am completely satisfied. Come. I love that. Forgiveness says You can go. It's okay. You can go. Justification says, you can come. This was not his theme, but it's our theme today. What does adoption say? What does it say? It says, come. Come and live with me. Come and stay with me. Come and sit on my lap. Come and feel my embrace. Come and let me kiss you, my son, my daughter. You're in my family. What forgiveness says, you can go. Justification says, you you can come. Adoption says, you can be a part of my family. He doesn't have to do that. Does not have to do that. But that is, is what he has done in John chapter 1 uh, uh, speaking of Jesus. He says, he was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Alleluia! Who were born not of blood, 
not of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. God is, is operating in this world. He is changing the hearts. It requires a work of God in your heart for you ever to cry out to God as your Father. He's got to send the Holy Spirit or you'll never call God your Father. But, but, but here's the promise. Here's the promise for everyone who was in, within the sound of my voice. Here's the promise from Acts 2.21. And it shall come to pass... Oh, listen, listen, please. It shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you realize this? That the only difference, the only difference between us who know Jesus, the only difference between me and you, if you don't know Christ, from this text, the only difference is, is that you have not called upon the name of the Lord. I have. That's the only difference. You can be saved. That's what the text says. It's, Behold, the days are coming. They have come. And they keep right on coming. Behold, the days are coming when whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. That's all you must do is call upon his name. I'm going to tell you something. There are people in hell right now who are better than you. They were more moral than you. They were more outwardly righteous. They trusted in their own righteousness. But they haven't done some of the things that you have done they're in hell. I'm going to tell you something else. There are some people in heaven right now that are far worse than you. There are, is, is there a murderer in this room? Is there a prostitute in this room? Is there a homosexual in, in, in this room? There, there might be. I, 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 I don't know for sure. But I know that, that that being a murderer or a homosexual or a, a prostitute will not keep you out of heaven. They're, they're already up there. Rahab is already up there. She's already saved. The thief on the cross is already there. So what is your excuse? You've got to let go of everything that keeps you from Jesus and call upon the name of the Lord. And I guarantee you, according to this text, you will be saved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, how we thank you, above all, for being our Father. That uh, we, we say those words so easily, and, and, and we don't think of the depth of, of the meaning that they are, but we love you, our our. God, Father, we are so thankful to be in your family. And what we want is, is, is for you to increase the number of your children that you will add even this day in, in, in this city, in this state, in this country, in, in this hemisphere, that you'll add, you'll, you'll, you'll bring about an influx of those who are calling upon your name. 
and being saved. Author those prayers, O oh God, and save sinners, even this very day. And may all, all, all of us as fathers be encouraged. Oh, help us. Help us, please, uh, uh, to be consistent teachers and examples and lovers and delighters in our children. Help us to restrain the sin, to redirect our kids. Help us. Oh, help us. Help us to love their mothers. Help us uh, to turn away from sin ourselves. Help us to be men, oh, to be men of the book and men of prayer. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.